Welcome friends, I'm so glad you're here. My name's Savannah Ritchie and this is from Olive to Oil Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a licensed professional clinical counselor, and just an average person trying to figure out how to do life with the Lord daily. This is an inclusive space where we share about refining moments in our life that God uses for His glory. I'm so grateful for your support and to have you listening. Welcome back, friends, to another episode. I have my friend Carrie Rooney with me. Hi. Yes. How are you? Yeah, good. Jump in there. I'm good, girl. I know it's so fun because we get to we're in person, everybody. Yeah, so yes. it's fun because we're hanging out in Savannah's beautiful home. Oh my gosh, you're so it's sweet. Such a blessing. Oh yeah. well, I'm super excited to have you here. But Carrie is a wife, a fire wife, I should say. A mother, a homemaker, and a homeschool mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm just pumped we finally get to sit down and do this. So how mm-hmm. are you? Good. This is such a gift. So thank Aww. you for letting me be on this. And Aww. I just love what you're doing in your heart and how you're just like glorifying the Lord with just regular people and their stories and how he's working in everyday lives and stories. So thank you. Well, we were praying before this and we we're both like, oh, we're already going to cry. Yes. And then as you say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry already. We're so, already we're already know. crying. So get ready to yeah. cry, everybody. <laughs> have a tissues, have tissue nearby. Yeah. yeah. Just be expectant for what God might do. Yeah. But before we jump in, I want Mm -hmm. the guests to know a little bit more about you. If you could tell us who you are, who your people are, what life looks like and where it all happens. Okay. So hi guys, I'm Carrie. I have an amazing husband named Logan. He's my best friend. We've been married for seven years and we have three beautiful kids. We have a five-year-old daughter named Blakely, a three-year-old son named Boone, and a two-year-old daughter named Miller. And we just relocated from the Bay Area to the Central Valley. And yeah, we love it. (laughs) here so much God was he literally called us to a place where we didn't know anybody and he's already connected us to so many people and he has been such a shepherd for us in this season and just guiding us to a place where we had dreamed and prayed about everything that we have now for so long and we lived in such a wilderness season before for a while and Mm -hmm. so being here we're just loving it. Um, And I homeschool and I get to be a stay-at-home mom, which is my dream job. So I just feel super thankful. I love that. Okay, so as I hear you saying we were called to move to a place that we knew absolutely no one and we're Mm -hmm. already connected, I feel like that sets us up perfectly to go into how we got connected. So we got connected through Anastasia. Mm -hmm. So someone who had been mentoring me started, how did you meet her? So I had two different people who didn't know each other from the Bay Area and Santa Cruz County because we lived in Santa Cruz too, who both knew where we were moving and they're like, you need to meet Anastasia and connected me to her. So yeah. And I mean, shout out Anastasia. If you're listening, we we love love you. you. What a gift she is. And then she has connected us to you and to like another couple. And then when I met you, we we didn't know we both went to the same church. Yeah. And that was like so wild too. So God, we were already going to meet each other, I feel like. But then it was meant to be. Yes. And I feel like in my older age, I can say, because guys, I'm 30 now. I just celebrated my 30th birthday. Wait, when did you turn 30? January 11th. Oh my gosh. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the 30s. (laughs) I I love the 30s era. Yeah. Kev tells me it's it's good. Yeah. There's some wisdom behind it. So I will wear that. 100%. I need that. I'm ready for that. Yeah. But... 
in my older age, as I was saying, it's hard to remember like where I yeah. knew everybody from name wise, mm-hmm. but I'm such a face person. So yeah. I know the way Anastasia, one of the ways Anastasia connected us was through Instagram. So yeah. when we got to talking on there mm-hmm. and when I saw you at church, I was mm-hmm. like, obviously Instagram profile picture is such a tiny little circle, but I totally. was like, I swear that's her. I'm just going to go up to her and say, Hey girl, yes. are you here? Yes. <laughs> and I did. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we're at the same church. How so funny. cool. And I think that was literally your first or second time attending. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I so love it. wild. So we were bound to know each other. Yes. And then started talking mm-hmm. and I know we're going to get into more about this in the episode, but I feel like we connected almost instantly just on oil, mm-hmm. olive oil, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yep. is the whole inspiration behind yeah. the podcast. So I can't wait to talk more about yes. that. But yes. first, if you could tell us a little bit about how you came to know Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So I have kind of a romantic story with Jesus when I was little. I grew up in a Christian home, so I heard about Jesus. I went to Sunday school and all that stuff, but I feel like I just deeply encountered him. Like he just Mm -hmm. pursued me, the person of Jesus, where nobody could teach me any of this. Nobody could really, I could know about him, but he himself just encountered me as a little girl. I fell in love with horses. There was a barn across the street from my house, and I, in childlike faith, asked God for a horse, (laughs) which now I'm like, dang, God, can I ask you again for a horse? Because I would love if you did that again. So anyways, the the people that lived across the street, I would go and I would pet their horses all the time. And they had this big property and they told me because they just thought I was like such a sweet little loving horse girl. They were like, if you ever get a horse, you can keep it here for free. Wow. So that's when I prayed and I asked God, can I have a horse? Yeah. And a week later, somebody called my mom and was like, hey, my daughter's going to college. And we heard through the grapevine that your daughter loves horses and she just wants to give a horse to a little girl who would love it. And so such a wild story. So the horse's name was Dreamer, which I also Aww. feel like is just such a word. And that is where in that barn and with that horse is where I just encountered Jesus every morning. Wow. I would wake up to the cranberries. I had a little alarm set that was like the song Linger by the Cranberries. <laughs> I had good taste in music as like a nine-year-old. Yeah. Um, and I feel like all 90s kids did. Yes, yeah. we did. Mm-hmm. We had the best music. So I would go, I would hop the little gate and I would go be with Dreamer. And I just, without any promptings of anybody else teaching me this, I just encountered Jesus. I just knew he was there with mm-hmm. me. And it was like for the first time I, I developed this secret place with him that I would go to and be with him. And I feel like that was so foundational because I asked him into my heart but then as I grew up um, when I became a teenager I just started to kind of believe this lie this kind of religious lie where it was about what I did and it was about not Mm. making mistakes and I just had all these desires to be known and liked and loved by people and I walked down just kind of the road of living a double life like Mm. going to church going to youth group really wanting to love Jesus and wanting to know him but then also really wanting the world like Mm. I just my desire were so fleshly. I really wanted the world. I felt like at that time, I felt like Christianity is just kind of get through life and then you'll go to heaven. Like Mm. just kind of, you're going to miss out on a lot and you're not going to have fun and you're not going to have friends and then you go to heaven and that's what it is. And so I just couldn't really get myself past these desires, but I still had such a, I felt like the Holy Spirit had a tight leash on me at the same time where I would do something, but I would feel deep conviction about it and I wouldn't want to live that life. It's like so miserable to be a lukewarm Christian. And so I lived that way kind of on and off. I I did missionary trips and different things that were really like life-changing for me, but I kept kind of sliding back. Yeah. And 
at 21, I went to church and I just kind of had my very last time of going out and partying and I was hungover at church. And I just remember, I just said, Jesus, I'm so, I'm done. Like, I want to fully live for you. I want to fully surrender to you and give you everything. And I rededicated my life to him. And from then on, I just believe that he just started to wash me of those desires. I feel like I truly became born again that Mm -hmm. day. And I was like a new person where the things that I used to fight my flesh against, it just started to not be appealing anymore. And I just started to have new desires. And so it was definitely a process of being sanctified and continuing to be sanctified and walk with the Lord and all those things. But I am so thankful that my encounters with him were so real that I like, I never gave up my faith. Mm -hmm. I just was fighting against my flesh and I wasn't, I wasn't fully born again to where like he renewed my heart. And that's what I really needed to be able to live fully alive and fully free. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's such a powerful age, 21 Mm -hmm. stepping into that because I know that that same day Uh is actually (laughs) when you got reconnected with your husband. Yes. Yes. So being prepared to walk into marriage and Mm -hmm. becoming a wife. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your story with your husband. Okay, so Logan and I, actually the first time we ever saw each other was at Hume Lake at church camp. And we were 14 and he, at the time, he had actually the summer before at church camp, he didn't come from a Christian home, but okay. he he had his own encounter with the Lord at a chapel at church camp and he gave his life to Jesus wow. and had a really real experience, like was crying and he was in kind of the bad boys group. So they were all like, what are you doing? Why are you going up there? And why are you crying? And he had his own salvation then, but then he wasn't discipled and he wasn't in a Christian home. So he wasn't walking with the Lord either throughout those years. Yeah. So we saw each other at Hume I thought he was super cute and he was also the guy that was like breaking the rules so I thought that was really cool too of course because I was 14 but then we didn't see each other again until we were 18 one summer and that's when I thought I first met him I didn't realize it was the same guy from Hume Lake because that was such a long time before and we looked so different because we were a little older and in that summer we ran into each other with a group of friends and that's when I was like oh my gosh I don't know who this guy is but I have the biggest crush on him I seriously want to marry him like I wanted to marry him but I found out he had a girlfriend and I remember going home and telling my mom all the good ones are taken and I was like so (laughs) heartbroken but I had this huge crush on him and I never saw him again for three years and then that day that I rededicated my life to the Lord he came into church because he was like I'm done living this way I feel empty he was in college at the time too and was like the time that I felt alive was that time at Hume Lake when I met Jesus and I want to go back to that church where I went to Hume Mm -hmm. so both of us without knowing were going to church that day which you don't need to go to church to do this but it just was where the Lord had us that day and we both were there for the same exact reason Mm -hmm. to be fully in with him and so after church he was with one of my mutual friends and I went up to that guy and then Logan was standing behind him and I was talking to that guy and he's like hey do you know my friend Logan Rooney and I was like yes I know you and I literally listed everything I know about him like because I was like obsessed with him and then I was like what did I just say I just made myself look like a fool but then we still went on a date the next day and he wasn't scared off. So, and it was kind of, we were just best friends since then. So, I love it. yeah. 
I know our church is in the reading plan on the Bible app together going mm-hmm. through John and they just went through the woman at the well. Yeah. And it says, if you drink from me, you'll mm-hmm. never thirst again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can see that in your guys' story. Yeah. Trying, we get sips, sips, taste, yeah. taste. And we don't understand why we're not fulfilled by the other things, mm-hmm. the, the friendships or the status, but you're just still so thirsty for mm-hmm. God and in his word and his presence. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is just seen in your guys' story and, and how you came back thirsty yeah. and yeah. ready to be fully poured into and fulfilled and sustained by yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so good. And yeah, it was dating each other. We just wanted to chase him together. And Logan went through a lot of persecution. He like just became kind of a born again believer for yeah. the first time as well. And he went through persecution and we went through a lot of things together dating. But I really feel like God was just setting us up for marriage and really just kind of having to even in a dating time when I feel like a lot of times it's there's not really a lot that you go through. I feel like we really had to choose the Lord, mm. even choosing the Lord over each other and things like that and I remember in the first couple weeks of dating I had to talk to him about you know I know you're a new believer but these are the things that we aren't going to do and I remember being like I really like this guy and I don't want him to you know not want to date me because of like these all these expectations these that things, I have, you know, yeah. but yeah, God just like teaching me how to choose him and choose him over and over again. And that, yeah, sometimes you do have to die to things that you really want, mm-hmm. but sometimes God actually is just going to make the things that you really want even better. And yeah. our relationship, just honoring him and glorifying him together before marriage bled into our marriage and just set up a foundation for us that I'm so thankful for. Yeah. So, yeah. You talked about the persecution and dating, but that it was kind of a foreshadowing for the years you guys we're about to embark on Mm -hmm. married. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what that was like. Yeah, I feel like getting married, we just, I feel like for the first, honestly, we just celebrated seven years in December. <gasps> Congratulations. Thank you. And I would say moving here up until now, so probably six and a half years, we were kind of in this wilderness season where it was really him and I and the Lord, and mm. we just didn't have a lot of community. We had, God was still providing us, like we had different friendships here and there, but we never had like a really solid church that we really felt like this is where we're going to stay forever and we're growing and all these things and even just friendships a lot of our friends would live like farther away from us or it just wasn't as convenient to see them and so I feel like the thing is though that was so beautiful is that God used that wilderness season for us to just develop this deep deep foundation in just him Mm -hmm. where we didn't really have anybody but him and each other and I am so thankful for that even though you need community and that's why we moved here that's why we listened to the Lord and we knew this isn't sustainable like you can't do life by yourself forever Mm -hmm. we knew this wasn't sustainable but it is what God allowed to happen for a while and I do think that what we got from that was our own time in the word every single morning both of us see each other at 550 or whatever time our alarm goes off in the morning we go downstairs we give each other a hug and we both are in the word every single day and it's just it's developed from those early years of marriage and Mm -hmm. even we sometimes would meet each other at coffee shops we were dating and in the morning and have our time with the Lord. But if we didn't have that, we had nothing else. We didn't have a church to lean on. We didn't, you know, we could listen to sermons and things, but, and we would attend churches, but it just was never something that was really what we feel like the word of God shows of just this family and this, you know, fiery community chasing him together. And so we just had him, which is all we need. But I feel like I'm so thankful that we were able to 
just develop that strong foundation together with just him. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, thank you for speaking about a time that could have been viewed as being lonely or outsiders or, well, you know, you said not in community as a positive thing because I know they mentioned today, like there's an epidemic of loneliness, but I think there's such a pressure for young kids that if my calendar, if I don't have plans Mm. this Friday or Saturday, or if I'm not invited Mm -hmm. to the thing, if I don't Mm -hmm. have an event, I have no worth. And that was something that was really hard for me as I was kind of growing my relationship with the Lord because I was someone I played sports my whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm from a tiny town. So yeah. there's people around you 24 yeah. seven. You have lots of acquaintances and friends mm-hmm. and lots of things mm-hmm. to fill that calendar, that social time with. Yeah. But when that started to slow down for me, just naturally, as I got a little bit older, you know, everyone was in their careers or in different parts of the world. It was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. to just sit with myself and say what does this mean for me that I have nothing to do on on this Saturday or because maybe I've stepped away from you know a specific lifestyle Mm -hmm. and that is the time I mean it's 2020 for me so part of that Mm -hmm. was being the pandemic Mm -hmm. couldn't do much that is the time when I dove in and I think the fruit of all the seeds that you sow Mm -hmm. in your time with God Mm -hmm. is something that you can never expect but you learn to love and so Mm -hmm. I mean we joked about being 30 now and having wisdom but just an encouragement to young people being alone having free time Mm -hmm. is not a bad thing it's actually can be a beautiful ordained moment that the lord has for you to meet him in and i love that you guys can see the fruit in that now but also took advantage in that then instead of just try to settle for Mm -hmm. empty friendships Mm -hmm. or events to go to totally amazing totally yeah sometimes it is so hard to just be in that uncomfortable comfortable space of not having people to mm-hmm. just kind of make you feel better and yeah. all that but I feel like the thing is is that the best friend we could be when God does give us our people is like out of an overflow of him mm-hmm. and I am so thankful and I also appreciate people yeah. so much more now wow, than I think yeah. I ever would have I feel like I want to be such a good friend and to steward friendships mm-hmm. well because I realize that that's not something that everyone has the privilege of yeah. having and yeah and just sowing into people to stay in the long game with them. I think a lot of our culture is very like transactional and just Mm. people are going here and there and you know God called us to move somewhere but I don't think he always calls everybody to leave. I think sometimes he calls people to stay and do life long term with people because that's actually the hardest way to be in relationship is in the long game and so yeah it's so good to have your foundation and him as your best friend and then everybody else after that. Yes I love that. So you have a few what felt a little bit at the time like lonely years Mm -hmm. um but when did you guys start having your babies we so in some of those lonely years Uh I was in my motherhood season which is when actually god bless you doing podcasting because that (laughs) is when I feel like god introduced me to podcasts and listening when I would like walk my daughter yes and feeling like okay even though these people aren't in my real life and I'm talking to them I'm able to just hear people's hearts and hear encouragement from the lord through people on podcasts and that was such a gift to have in early motherhood when no one around me was having kids yet because we lived Mm -hmm. in the Bay Area and I was like a teen mom having a kid (laughs) at 24. And so nobody around me was really in that season. But that also was really beautiful just to be with my daughter and then our son and our other daughter after that. 
And honestly, I feel like God made me brave and he made me strong through that because I really had to figure out a lot of things by myself without a lot of people around me giving advice or helping or Mm. whatever. But yeah, it was it was tough, but he was my strength in that time and my friend and my companion, but also my kids were. And Mm. that was such a gift to have kids, even if I didn't have a bunch of friends and a strong community. So yeah, we had our daughter in 2018. So she is five and a half now. So I've been a mom for five and a half years Mm. and it's just the dream job. I love it. And obviously in Christian spaces, we hear a lot of like the male is the provider and Mm -hmm. and the protector of our home. And Mm -hmm. we have this idea or maybe expectation that that Mm -hmm. would look like being physically present in the home. Mm -hmm. But for your situation, being a fire mom, Mm -hmm. we know that's quite the opposite. He's Mm -hmm. on the road or away nights Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. weeks at a time. What was that dynamic like raising kids, being a wife as a fire family? Yeah, so I feel like the beginning years of his job were definitely the hardest because he got into it when my daughter was six months old. So I feel like I kind of did the first and even before that he was an EMT and he was working. His shifts were like 2 p.m. to some kind of a.m. I don't remember. So basically the nights and all of those newborn where your heart's racing because they're not going to bed and they're screaming and you're by yourself and you're, you know, you have to feed yourself and you have to nurse them and all these things and no one's there with you it was kind of like the way that it was from the beginning for me Wow. So yeah, I feel like the first for the first two kids for sure, I would say were some of the hardest times being a fire wife, just trying to figure out my rhythm with them and trying to figure out how to make things go smoothly because there was times when I'd have a two year old in the bath, but then the newborn's crying in the other room and I have to go get him. But then she's in the bathtub and I don't have anybody else with me and yeah. I just made dinner and now I have to clean it and I have to put them to bed and, and he's away for a couple days at a time every time. So yeah. by the time he'd come home I'd be so tired and it was definitely really I would say like just to be real people like it was really intense but God does just make you strong through the things that you have to persevere through and I know that he's called my husband to this job but he Mm -hmm. hasn't just called him he's called me to this too yeah and he's called our kids to this and there are so many things that the Lord has shown me is so beautiful about it too and things that I would never honestly learn to do by myself or know to do I always say when we got married I could make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and that was all and now God has like taking me on this journey of learning how to cook because I have to like I I can't rely on him to be there and so but I also want to eat healthy and I want to feed my kids healthy and so in my early 30s or whatever is like these are the years that I'm learning how to cook I wish I learned earlier but it's a hard time to learn to cook because I'm by myself with the kids and stuff but it's also been really cool to be like you know as a mom I feel like a lot of times we discount ourselves or we discredit ourselves like I'm not that kind of mom or I'm not good at that Mm. but I was like no this is really important I want to eat this kind of food I want my kids to eat this kind of food and God can teach me like I can learn and so yeah that kind of stuff has been cool things that I've been stretched to learn and to do that I would never do before yeah yeah it's funny when you were saying that I was thinking I don't even know which name goes with which type of mom but I know Mm -hmm. like online there's like a silky or a crunchy or whatever mom I don't even know which one's which yeah as I hear you say that you're right and then in another layer me specifically why I look at moms that have husbands whether in the military 
military or fire moms, law enforcement, I'm just like, I could never because Mm -hmm. I crave control Mm -hmm. and consistency. Mm -hmm. But what I hear you saying is, A, it is not ideal for really anybody if if you're wanting your husband in your home every night. Mm -hmm. But I love the reliance that Mm -hmm. it makes you have on, okay, God, maybe for a few years or a few months, it can only be peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and you fill in the gap. Yeah. You keep them safe. Yeah. You, where I can't be because I'm one person. Yes. You fill in the maybe nutritional gaps while totally. I'm like learning this thing, how to cook. Totally. You be the other person as I can't. And I yeah. think that's such a beautiful undoing of control that mm-hmm. he calls us to as moms. And yeah. I felt that even just as a new mom mm-hmm. with my son because I wanted structure and routine and things to go a specific way. Mm-hmm. And that's even still having my husband here the majority of the time he was yeah. just teaching but it's just an unraveling of mm. expectation control and knowing that ultimately at the end of the day yeah. he is their provider sustainer yes. protector mm-hmm. all of the things yes I remember a specific moment of kind of the story I was kind of saying like yeah. somebody's in the bathtub somebody's crying yeah. and and I like I just remember saying out loud Lord you know that I can only do what I can do mm. right now because you know as a mom you're like am I ruining them they're like in yeah. there screaming they're scared I can't be there right now because I have to keep my daughter safe because she's in the bath and I have to get her out first and you know this is the most important this is Mm -hmm. and my husband always say do what is where somebody needs the safety like do that first if you can't get to the other person Mm -hmm. and I remember exactly what you're saying just surrendering to the Lord and saying Lord like you know I surrender this to you you know all that I can do yeah and you can fill in the gaps and you can make this okay I'm just Mm -hmm. stewarding this as best as I can and it really just taught me that as moms we are so powerful but we're also not that powerful as in we're not more powerful than the Lord and yeah. he is the one who is going to lead our kids and comfort them and provide for them like you said and right. it just taught me to let go of the things that I thought had to be perfect because yes. I couldn't make it perfect no no and we can't like mm-hmm. I said even in the most what would seem perfect scenario with all the help you could imagine we we can't be perfect we're yeah. not For those of you who don't know, she's off Instagram right now, but where we originally got connected was on Instagram. But I just remember how real and raw your stories were and and helpful to me because here you are, mom of three, husband's gone, like you said, multiple Mm -hmm. days and you're just homeschooling and wrangling them (laughs) to soccer and then the park and... I think online or from an outsider's perspective, that could look like, how does this woman do it? Like Mm. she just has all three kids very Mm -hmm. close in age Mm -hmm. and she's out here doing everything, like Mm -hmm. not missing a beat. But you spoke to A, the reality of that wasn't easy in itself, but B, Mm -hmm. you didn't get there right away. You kind of opened up a conversation about the anxiety of Mm -hmm. being a mom of one Mm -hmm. and how hard it was just to get out of the house with one, how much fear there is. Mm-hmm. taking your little to the park by yourself or yeah. on a walk with moms and a play yeah. date and I really appreciated that because my son everybody might know this by now he came out and he was just ready to rage yeah. on day one like yeah. he is everywhere he is just a little boy who rides his bike and scooters and he runs. was riding his bike at church it, the other day yes you guys he took his bike he wouldn't get in the car to go to church without his bike and was riding it everywhere I love it and that's literally how he came out so yeah. 
when he was a few months old and mm-hmm. I was like getting into community with other moms, he never wanted to be in the stroller. Yeah. He wanted to be up and, mm-hmm. and moving and, and anyway. And it's just so hard. Yeah. Like it's so intimidating when yeah. you're learning all that for a first time. Totally. How do I take my baby out yeah. into the world yeah. by myself? And eventually you learn and you got to have your mm-hmm. carrier on and then your yep. backpack on and uh-huh. the snacks and like you get it. You know, yeah. the point is you get it. And like I said, the Lord fills in those gaps, but it's really hard when you're yeah. there at the beginning looking at more experienced moms thinking yeah. they've got it all under control and mm-hmm. you were just speaking into that wasn't the case and you were yeah. there too. Yeah, totally. I remember having anxiety to go to the grocery store yes. and all that stuff. And I remember when I had my son and I remember Blakely, she was two and so she would do the whole like when mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's time to leave anywhere and they fall on the ground and then they don't and they like flail and don't get up and I remember thinking because Logan was going to be gone for a couple of days and I just knew because with Blakely I had actually a lot of postpartum anxiety mm-hmm. I didn't take any medication for it but I probably could have used some for yeah. sure the anxiety was like I literally could think of any way that anything could go wrong and it was just so hard to get out. And so I remember trying to be proactive when my son was born and I knew, okay, getting outside and getting in the sun is super helpful for me. And I remember Logan left for work for his first shift back. And at that time we lived in Santa Cruz, so we lived by the beach. And I, all I could picture was going to the beach and Blakely being in the middle of the sand, laying down and me having a newborn and being like, how do I, I'm also still postpartum. I'm still healing. How do I like carry both of them to the car? Or like, what if Mm. she's doing that in the parking lot and I can't get her in the newborn yeah and I just remember the Lord just asking me to take a risk with Mm. him and just to be like it's okay if it for like the first time it's really hard and it sucks but At the end of the day, the more that you do this, the more you are going to be able to be the mom that can take her kids to the beach. And this is what you know will give you life, will give them life. This is the type of childhood you want to give them. And so I kind of had to die to the idea of what could all go wrong and make peace with that and be like, it's okay. I might be in a situation where I have to ask a stranger for help or I have Mm. to carry her and the newborn and then get my bag after because we're in the middle of the parking lot and I have to drop that on the sidewalk or something. And I kind of just had to make peace with the chaos and Mm -hmm. the things I was afraid of and be like, but what kind of childhood do I want to give them? And what kind of childhood do I want to live with them? Yeah. And I started to just take little risks. But in the beginning, that risk was going to Trader Joe's. So it's like, (laughs) you know, you just grow and grow as you go. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely asked a stranger for help once in the Chipotle parking lot. Yes. Yeah. Strangers (laughs) are great. (laughs) They will help. Yeah. help. Yeah. Okay, so at this point, you know, you just mentioned Blakely and Boone, um, Mm -hmm. and then comes little Miller. Yes. So tell us about your story with Miller. Yeah, okay. If I cry... It's because, yeah, it's a deep, it's a deep, deep story. So, okay, we have Blakely, we have Boone. They're two years apart exactly. They Their due date was a day apart. Wow. Everything was super smooth and all that. And we get pregnant again. And this one is going to be 20 months apart from Boone. And so it's all happening really fast. We're super excited. I actually had a home birth with Boone, which was super special. So I was going to do that again. But I didn't know where I was in my gestational age yet. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have a cycle in between. And so I went to an ultrasound and I literally was going to be a super hippie mom and only have like that (laughs) ultrasound and then the 20 week one and have a home birth and all these things and then we go to that ultrasound and he just says hey there's something I'm seeing that I really don't like and it's Mm. um you can see on the back of the baby's neck there's this huge bulge of fluid he said this is a cystic hygroma and he just said you could look this up on your own like he didn't 
I don't think he was able. He was just the ultrasound tech. So he wasn't really, oh, okay. it wasn't the doctor because it was supposed to go to my midwife. So okay. it was different than it would be at a normal doctor's office. Okay. So it was kind of like, look it up. And he was oh, really, <laughs> which was horrible, so, care. which was super hard. Yeah. And he actually ended up being really on his own. That ultrasound person yeah. actually reached out to me multiple times throughout oh, my pregnancy wow. to see how things were going. So I think he knew, he just knew this was a really severe thing and okay. you need to go get care. Yeah. And so, of course, I look it up and everything is horrible of like what could happen. Um, It was just this super high risk thing. And it was basically and I got this confirmed through now going to a doctor. So I was like, OK, I can't do the midwife anymore. Right. Now we're on a whole different route. Everything that I had planned is changing, which at that point does not matter. You don't even care about the right. type of birth you want right, or right. any of that. You're just like wanting your child to be OK. And so we go to the doctor and they said basically a cystic hygroma is showing that there's a genetic disease and is pretty much like look up any genetic disease a baby could have and your baby has one of them. There's no way that it doesn't. So at that point, we just knew that the baby was going to have a genetic disease that could either be a death sentence in the womb or right after they're born or, you know, it could be Down syndrome, it could be this, it could be that. So it was just any of those things. But we did find out and this was really cool. This was totally the Lord. So at the ultrasound, he gave us this bad news, but then he also gave us the envelope of her gender mm-hmm. on the same day. And so I remember we went to like a park afterwards because I was just crying and just needed to like get outside. And yeah. I was crying and Logan was like, Carrie, let's open the envelope. Let's see what the gender is. He was trying to comfort me. And for about Ever since we had had Blakely, so it was about three years before, we met this little girl at a little VBS mm-hmm. camp and her name was Miller. And we were like, we have to name our next daughter Miller. If yeah. if we have another daughter, we have to name her Miller. So that was the only name that we like had in our pocket. Yeah. And so Logan's like, let's just open it. And so I'm crying. And then he opens up the envelope and he like just looks at me and like, I'll never forget it. He like kind of got choked up. He's like, babe, it's Miller. Aww. And so I just felt like the Lord was like, she has a name and like she's a person. And so like right away, I just felt his promise over her. I just felt this this feeling from him that he was going to take care of her. And I didn't expect her to live or like anything like that I just I just had this like sense it was his daughter yeah yeah like this is Miller like I've had this name I've had her set apart and so we went on the journey of going to high-risk doctors and we got blood work which told us that this baby probably has something called Turner syndrome and we didn't get that a hundred percent diagnosed because there was really risky to go like inside the amniotic fluid and all I don't know what it is but basically (laughs) it was a risk so we didn't want to do that but we Pretty much we're almost 100% sure that it was Turner syndrome, which is a missing female chromosome. And with Turner syndrome, every baby that is in the womb, they have a 1% chance to make it out. They actually call them butterflies because I guess that not that many butterflies make it out of their cocoons. And so we had a 1% chance for her to live. And yeah, God just carried me completely through that pregnancy. I feel like I bawled my eyes out for the first couple of appointments and then he just made me really really strong and I feel like I just never cried and I think that's why I do now when I talk about it but I feel like I just I wanted to be like strong for her and I just wanted to pray over her and just I'd worship playing 24 7 and Mm -hmm. just my hands on my womb and just praying that God would just let me have her and let me hold her earth side and we obviously went through a lot of the you know doctors that gave us lots of options that we didn't want to have and so that was difficult because I had had two other babies and no one ever asked me what do you want to do about this baby you know nobody ever asked me with 
my other kids, do you want to abort? You know, it was just because this one's different. Do you want to abort her? And so it was really, really, obviously that part was also really emotional, but I also feel like the Lord moved mightily even in just without me really saying anything, but just us choosing life for her. There were so many doctors and nurses that were so like touched by our gratitude to have her. And this one nurse, when Miller came out, she was crying, telling me because Miller basically after I had her, she like did the baby crawl where they like, you know how Mm. sometimes they crawl up to your chest, Mm -hmm. but she not only crawled up to my chest, but wrapped her whole body around my neck like I was wearing a scarf (laughs) and she was like a little koala and this nurse was crying she's like I've been a nurse for 20 years and I've never seen a baby cling to her mom like that and she and she said it's like this baby was saying thank you for giving me life Mm -hmm. and I just knew that this nurse knew that I had that they had given me a choice about her that we knew she had a genetic disease and that they don't they didn't typically see someone go through with Mm. having their baby and so even just that her understanding that this baby just wanted to live and Mm. this baby is so grateful for life was such a yeah without me thinking that would be part of the story too it just kind of also was part of the way God was glorified through her in that time and so yeah that was the beginning of of Miller's journey yeah yeah I know you mentioned the butterfly, but this idea of sharing her story, Mm -hmm. helping to educate people about Mm -hmm. this very, very rare condition. Mm -hmm. And you had talked about even like interest in writing a children's book. I love, love, loved just hearing that conversation, get to witness that around Mm -hmm. a group of godly women and wanting to educate the next Mm -hmm. generation and also Mm -hmm. know like, how can we as moms, how can we educate ourselves, educate our children so they can be, you know, their all in the same little mm-hmm. kids ministry together yeah. but we so often hear obviously the church is pro-life but mm-hmm. what does that look like outside of the womb yeah how do we fill in those gaps to to understand neurodivergence to mm-hmm. be educated mm-hmm. um to be inclusive yeah and as moms and our children yeah so can you extend some of that grace to us and just tell us this idea behind the book and yeah. again just sharing like how we as christians can step up and be supportive of her life outside the womb yeah yeah so I at one point I know I have to tell Miller about herself so with Turner syndrome there's a couple things for them that is different so their bodies kind of like diabetics are resistant to insulin Mm -hmm. so they get insulin Turner syndrome girls are resistant to growth hormones so they have to have growth hormones like a shot Mm -hmm. And we will start to do that probably pretty soon. She has an endocrinologist that keeps track of her growth, but they're typically really undersized because of that. And with growth hormones, they usually get to about five foot tall. So they don't Mm -hmm. get super tall, but they aren't going to be, they would be very severely undersized if Mm -hmm. they didn't have that. And then the big thing for me as mom, obviously, because I have always dreamed of being a mom is that they typically don't get to have children because Mm -hmm. they don't produce their reproductive stuff doesn't grow the right way or there's just there's not a lot of calcium there's like all these different things about carrying a baby even if it was infertility I don't even know if her bones could carry Mm. a baby and so even when she wants to go when it's time to go through puberty she'll have to have hormones to just go through puberty and then once she develops as a woman then she won't even be on that anymore so 
all those things. So the idea behind the book is to be able to share with her about herself Mm -hmm. and just about the miracle that she is. Like I really want to incorporate the butterfly thing in it and just that God has called her by name Mm -hmm. like from the beginning that she's meant to be here and that God has just knitted her together in my womb in such a specific way to bring him glory. And yeah, obviously as a mom, there's this grief for her but I also know if this is how she has salvation, if this mm. is how she's going to know Jesus in a deeper way than I do, like mm. then, you know, the Lord, he knows why, like he knows why this is her story. So yeah, I just, I would love to be able to share it with her in a way that is a story about herself, about girls like her, because there's so many out there too. And where she can feel like, yeah, this is the way that my mom told me about this and she wrote this for me or something. So yeah. it's kind of a dream of mine to have that be a special yeah I'll be buying the book yes I love that (laughs) I love that her and Sid are so close in age because they hang out in the toddler room together and looking forward to many more play dates yeah can you talk to this dual process of walking in this grief Mm -hmm. as a mom like you mentioned but Mm -hmm. also I mean you have two other children yeah plus her as well but being a champion of faith for these three littles Mm -hmm. that you're responsible for Mm -hmm. what does that look like Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of listening to the Lord because you just have to, you have to be so specific, I think, with what God is telling you to do. Because there's even times where I'll share her story with people. But then I also Mm. know that like there's a time when I don't want to keep saying it in front of her. And I just know that I have to be so sensitive to not be like, let me tell you about my daughter who has Turner syndrome, because Mm. that's never what I want her identity to be. So there's like the tension of that, of just the fact that, you know, I want people to, I want God to get the glory of this beautiful miracle that she is. And I also, at the same time, don't want to make it this huge identity thing for her. And then also for our other kids, because Miller will have more doctor's appointments than them. She'll have growth hormone shots Mm -hmm. and all these things. And so I really feel like there's in motherhood in general, like you just don't know who each of your kids are going to be. You don't know their giftings yet. There's so much that is not a textbook you could read and be like, this is what to do. I really feel like God gives you day by day, you spend time with him and he'll just put things on your heart to do. He'll put things on your heart to say or to teach them or little moments where there was like a tangible moment in the grocery store where my kids saw somebody that had disability and and then I was able to just talk to them in the car about it. And I was able to talk to them about Miller and you know, these little moments where it's like, but look at how beautiful God made these people so different and we get to look at them and we get to glorify God and, you know, and we can pray for them too, like, because they're going through something and, and just see my kids, the older two, because they understand that more, like there's so much compassion. I feel like they already have. Mm -hmm. And even so much that I think God already instilled in them where from the get go, they are so protective of Miller and they Mm -hmm. are so her biggest fans and Mm -hmm. so obsessed (laughs) with her that I'm like, wow, God also knew what he was doing with this birth order and um, having this older sister. And I think that's another aspect that I'm going to have to lean on him because I'm going to have two girls that develop very differently in such a way that women can have this image problem and and all these things. And and I don't want my oldest to feel guilty and I don't want my youngest to feel Mm. envious of that. And so I feel like it's, it's hard to to know right now exactly the way that God wants me to walk it out. But I just have seen him move if I just abide in him and Mm -hmm. listen to him and even listen to others that are older and wiser and have gone before me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is important too. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of that and yeah. giving us just a glimpse, a tiny glimpse into like, I realized this struggle didn't end at mm-hmm. her birth. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lifelong journey and yeah. seeing you experiencing you, you're such a joyful person. Thank always you. smiling, <laughs> always in the best mood, really Thank so you. kind to other people and just a pleasure to be around. And I think that understanding that that's not because your life is life is perfect. Mm-hmm. That's not because you have no trial, mm-hmm. um, but actually you're living it out. You're mm-hmm. going through continually mm-hmm. going through something that's really important and mm-hmm. really challenging. Mm-hmm. Yet you're drawing near to him. And yeah. so I just thank you for being vulnerable with us, sharing your heart and helping yeah. us just see a small glimpse into what you and your family have been called to do. And yeah, I'm just so thankful for who you are and, and how, you. how you continue to just show up as a person for people. Oh my gosh, thank you. And thank you for just championing so many women Aww. on by just like giving us space to share and give mm-hmm. God glory and just how stories are just so, so beautiful. Like testimonies are yeah. so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like you're such an encourager just to like give this space to not just people that everybody knows who they are, yeah. but just the everyday yeah. friend. And, yeah. you know, so thank Thank you for what you do too. I I saw, which again is something I've been trying to hold close to my heart. Someone, they were just talking about the idea of of influencers right now Mm -hmm. and social media and everybody is kind of fixated on hearing from or interviewing or just getting people of Mm -hmm. status essentially, Mm -hmm. right? That I Mm -hmm. would be aiming for. Of course, I have a dream list of like people that I feel like I've been discipled by from afar, right? From their ministry and impacted by, but just that I I'm not striving to meet with people that don't know me that haven't yeah. actually prayed for me yeah. and just really been trying to tap into like we're facing really hard things you're yeah. facing really hard things yeah who have I shared my story with who's mm-hmm. actually on their knees with their spouse praying yeah. for me or by themselves praying for me and mm-hmm. that's who I want to be connected with in yeah. community with people who know me know my name know my son's name Mm -hmm. and that you know my son's gonna be around and so it's just been super important to me to facilitate conversations like this within our own community yeah because it's all real time yeah yeah and that's so so special and I feel like it just reminds me of the verse of like too much has been given much is expected Mm, and I feel like you're just taking the what God's given you and you're being faithful with the little and being faithful with like even though each person is of the same value but you know just like the everyday person you're being faithful to connect with those people and to allow them to share God's story in their life and then I just believe God's gonna keep growing it and give you more all your dream people (laughs) Jackie Hill Perry shout out (laughs) Uh, which it's funny because I remembered as we were saying that it was on Jackie Hill Perry's Instagram where she was interviewing someone and so that's so funny that we bring it back to her okay as we're talking about these stories and Mm -hmm. in this refinement Mm -hmm. I want to just shout out olive oil and yes. dive in for a second Let's into olive oil because yeah. again that is where we had one of our first I would say deeper conversations yeah. just around this idea of olive oil mm-hmm. and so can you share a little bit I've never yeah. asked anybody yeah. this specific question on yeah. the podcast before so I'm really excited but share with us just what all means to you how the Lord yeah. has brought it to you and yeah. everything that it's continued to do yeah so the reason that we share in this is because Miller's middle name is olive And I think something that's so, so cool about olive oil that I am just so fascinated by is the health benefits, Mm -hmm. just like the internal, external health benefits. Yeah. 
And even though, you know, by maybe the standard of a doctor, they wouldn't say Miller is completely healed or healthy. Right. But God saved Miller. She is the 1% and she's a miracle. And so just the way that God healed, he healed those, that fluid buildup. He, you know, her heart, there's so many things about her condition where so many things are so mild where they could have been catastrophic and God was just so gracious. And, and so, yeah, having Olive in her middle name, I feel like I could go, you know, to so many (laughs) levels of why, but one thing I thought about on the drive here actually was about Noah's Ark and the olive branch. Mm. I just felt like every time that, because Miller's actually, her due date was the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like the Lord was like, I'm bringing you good news of great joy. Because every time that we had an appointment, there was news to hear. Yeah. And it was either going to be good news or bad news. And I just mm-hmm. felt like the Lord was like, I'm going to give you good news. <gasps> She's good news. Yeah. And I feel like that olive branch, it was like, this is good news. Like there's a promise that like God kept his promise you know the floods going it's gone and like that olive branch was like this good news and I feel like that's what you know the enemy wanted to give me bad news about Miller but God knew she was such good news and I feel like the doctors thought she was bad news and this Mm. was you know this huge thing that's gonna make your life harder and all these things but God's like no she's good news of great joy yeah and so yeah that olive branch of good news that the dove brought back that's also something that came to mind to me too I love that yeah And light in the darkness. I know we were talking about in studying scripture, Mm -hmm. they used olive oil for Mm -hmm. the old oil lamps. Yeah. And that the lamps were a form of light in darkness. And there's so many, if we get our nails dirty in specific verses, it's just, there's so many other reasons why Mm -hmm. it's special and important and anointed and great. Yeah. But I love that that was one of our very first conversations back and forth. This Mm -hmm. is what all, this is why I love all, this is what all means to me. This is what all oil is. Yes. And it's just so good. And I think we both had the verse of the olive branches around mm-hmm. your table. I think we both had that over yeah. our family. So yeah. that was so special I too. I love it. Yeah. And knowing Miller now, getting to see and experience her, she is such a light. So I think her name stands perfectly as it is. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Well, this has been amazing. You have just shared so much in your experience growing up, in your experience early on in marriage, mm-hmm. in a season of wilderness, mm-hmm. coming to the Lord, facing challenges with children and in motherhood. What encouragement would you give to anyone who might find themselves in any of those seasons that we've chatted about? Mm-hmm. I just would take it back to the beginning of my story, which is just time with yeah. Jesus. Like mm-hmm. there is nothing better that you could do with your time than to spend it with him. And he's the one that's going to renew your strength. And he's the one that's going to give you all the answers. And he's the one that's going to give you peace. And even today in our Bible reading yeah. plan was John 15 about abiding in him. And I feel mm-hmm. like I could just stay in that my whole life and yeah. never get out of that chapter. Yeah, Because truly like from the beginning of my walk with him and through now at 30 years old I'm like what matters through it all and what's going to get me through is abiding in him like Mm. apart from him I can do nothing which vine in the branches olives so (laughs) anyways yeah just be with him just talk to him pour out your heart to him read his word every day even if it's a chapter or a verse if you don't understand it all like it's alive and active so it doesn't matter how much it is it's just be with him in that powerful word and in prayer and worship and just know that he's doing something even if you can't see it yet. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how you said I can stay in that forever. I just mm-hmm. heard on an interview someone say the story of the Bible is as simple enough for a child to understand, but also mm-hmm. is complex enough for a theologian with multiple doctorates to study for the rest of his life. Wow. And that was so good. That is so good. I know. I loved it. And just thank God that that is both the simplicity and the complexity of it because we are all different people. And I just mm-hmm. think how God shows up uniquely to mm-hmm. me all of us Mm -hmm. wherever we're at yeah it's just the best thing so good all right well i'm gonna ask you three questions Mm -hmm. ask everybody on the Mm -hmm. podcast aka three things i need to know about all my friends so number one what did you want to be when you grew up so it's funny surprise surprise i actually literally wrote i want to be a wife and a mom in my kindergarten little page and so i always was playing with baby dolls one of my earliest memories was being embarrassed because at the park this mom told me to stop kissing her baby (laughs) So I've always been obsessed and super, super thankful to get to do that now. But I do know at one point I also wanted to be a dolphin trainer and I never, I've literally never even swam with dolphins, but I was like, that would be the coolest job ever. So maybe one day in retirement, you know, just I love it. get in there. I love it. Yeah. Okay. And number two, what is a song that can instantly put a smile on your face? Definitely T-Swift 10 minute version of All Too Well uh, every single time. It either puts a smile or just like, I just have to sing it at the top of my yeah. lungs. You Are know? you a Swifty? I am a Swifty. Oh my yes. goodness. Yes. Okay. Okay. Do we have a tour in your future at some point? I would love to go. Yeah. I would love to go. Yeah, I actually. What am I saying? They're so expensive. They, watch the movie. I did watch far. the movie, but I'm like, I would love to go with my girls because I'm like, yeah. how fun. I feel like Taylor Swift truly is like old and young come together. Mm-hmm. It's oh, just yeah. so good. 1000%. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. And last but not least. What is your favorite way to use olive oil? Okay, so this is a new thing that I've been doing, but I'm obsessed but making focaccia bread. (gasps) Oh! Oh, so, so good. So good. Making focaccia bread. It is so, it's actually like so easy because you don't have to use a starter or anything. I was just going to say, so does that mean you do sourdough? I have. So that's the funny thing. I did sourdough before, okay. but then I ruined my starter years ago mm-hmm. and then I've never gotten another one. Yeah. So then I started making focaccia bread because I don't have to feed a starter love and then it. I just love it. Yeah. And you like drizzle olive oil on the top and yes. it's like crispy Yum. and you can dip it in olive oil and balsamic yes. and it's so good. I'll have to make you some yeah I was gonna say no you have to teach me because it's actually one of my 2024 goals is to learn to bake bread yes and you know if I don't get started with sourdough that's okay yeah start with any and all bread I'll just even make some sandwich bread for the house but going to start to simplify Mm. eliminate things Mm -hmm. I like from the grocery store Mm -hmm. so what is one easy thing I can start with yeah well I don't even think bread's probably I hear it's easy once you start yeah to learn no it's beginning but yeah you know so bread yes I'm excited Yes, it's actually one of the things that I have done to simplify our like grocery budget because I was like, if we could just use bread that I make as our sandwich bread and like I could give the kids little snacks on it and it's so filling. But yeah, it's just such simple ingredients Mm -hmm. and it's always like so miraculous to me that bread comes out out of these like couple of things that you- Water and flour. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. Like some yeast and some olive oil and yeah, it's (laughs) so good. Yeah, I love it. There you go. See, look at God, the bread. The mana. You see? Yeah, all of this. He's, all of this. Yep. He's everywhere. He yep. can't escape. 
Yep. Well, thank you, friend, for coming on. Thank this you. was so amazing. Again, you and your family, you guys are a light. We are thank overjoyed. You. you found us in the yes. Central Valley. Please stay forever, but also yes. we are behind you guys, whatever you choose. So we just thank hope you. nothing but the best for you guys. And thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. And come to the Central Valley. It's a hidden gem. Hey. I didn't know it existed and I'm obsessed. So everybody needs to move here. <laughs> oh, so I mentioned you're not on Instagram, yeah. but should people want to get connected with you? Where can they find you? Yeah. So you can send me an email. I would be overjoyed. It would be like receiving a letter in the mail for me. (laughs) If you want to send me an email, if you want to just, I don't know, ask me anything, any questions, if you need anything, or if you just want to tell me that you listened, that you loved the podcast, I would love that. My email address is Carrie, which is K-E-R-I dot Rooney, R-O-O-N-E-Y one at gmail.com. And I would love it. So yeah, yeah. we didn't even get to talk about homeschooling much, but yeah. we can, we can even have you a on for a two. whole other episode <laughs> yeah, about homeschooling. But I yeah. feel like homeschooling moms got to stick together. Yes, A yes. lot of people ask about what type of curriculum. Yeah. There's so many questions. So mm-hmm. you guys know where to go. She's been in the game. How many years now? This is, well, Blakely's in kindergarten, <gasps> but I was a preschool teacher yeah. in all like child yeah. development background. Right. So I feel like I've been nerding out on learning learning about yes. this for a long time I so saying, i know yeah. you've been excited about it yeah so, well, i yeah. love it so guys reach out to her you know where to find her thank you again friends thank and you. we love you